Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm Catherine, co-host, Bestie. Wow. What? <laughs> you said that so like... I'm co- Punchy? I'm co-host and Bestie. Oh. I'm co-host and Bestie. There we go. Oh. Hi, co-host and Bestie. Hello. Well, w- welcome to the table. Oh. To the podcast um, lab. Glad to be here. The pod lab. Yes. As we call it. Yeah. Well, we've had a great day today so far. Yeah. Beautiful fall day. Beautiful September skies. Yeah. They're so clear blue. They are. Even, yeah. I mean, of course, we have some clouds and rain sometimes, but the September sky is so much more clear, I think, than the hazy, humid, you know, July, August, August. sometimes June days. Yeah. And we're recording this on September 10th. (gasps) Yes. The Queen of England has passed away. She I have has. to say that. Well, I was thinking more about September 11th. I know you were. Yeah. Because I, I was too right before that thought. But yeah. then tell our listeners about your connection with the Queen. Why, why well, are I you ha- so connected there? We're related. <laughs> <laughs> you are not. Lady Catherine. I heard, oh. actually, yes. that everybody is like a 50th cousin of another. Something like that. Okay. So yes, I am. No, I'm, I'm not that i know of but my mom is from england that's all that's it but do you know what the british line that's there they're the royals the royals the monarchy mm-hmm. there's not an ounce of british in them well what are they made out of german really yeah well the ones that were queen elizabeth's uh grandparents yeah they were german and the german king had a cousin that was a czar in Russia. And that caused problems in World War what? One, Girl. Yeah. Wow. Are they talking about all this on the news? I How do you know? I, I just know. Oh. Well. And plus. Whoops. <laughs> well, and like, so the even the last name, Windsor, is not, like, that was changed. Well, whose last name is that? It's when they made up. Well, whose last name is it? The Queen? Queen Windsor? Yeah. But the family name. But. Their real last name is German. It's like a three-part name, like Bumble, Bumble. I don't know, something <laughs> German. Are you sure that's factual? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. I believe you. She just put her hands on her hips. Yeah, I did, actually. She's <laughs> giving me the, the vibe yeah, of Yeah, they're like, German. There's not an ounce of English. You look like a pterodactyl over there. Just saying. Now, I would say that because Queen Elizabeth was born in England, but her... F- folks definitely her grandparents were german but they were royal they were royal but that's how the monarchy was back then they married you know like the queens other and kings of other european most european countries germans and soviet union or whatever yeah. it was uh-huh well and, and your mom was born and raised in England, mm-hmm. and then came to the United States of America as a young bride of yeah. a military man. Mm-hmm. Your dad, my dad, yes, was born in Harvey, Illinois. Illinois. Couldn't be more opposite <laughs> of, being, of England. He was he the, smoked the my prince of not. Harvey. Yeah, that, well, to my mom, he was a prince at the oh, time. Gosh, <laughs> then they got to know each other. <laughs> And your influence, your English influence came because your mother, you went, you took trips back to England. You know, my mom was all, yes, yes. yes. And my mom was very much 
for the working class. Mm -hmm. So you would think that she wouldn't have this torch for royalty and that she wouldn't be a monarchist, I think is what the word they use for people who support the monarchy. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But she did hold the torch. We had an entire uh, china cabinet growing up, but we could not touch the stuff in there and i would imagine it's a sense of pride a sense of patriotism in terms of this is my country my home it is my people right exactly so how does your mother feel now that the queen is no longer well she's definitely very interested in fact it was funny because i just spent a whole week with her yes uh as my sister was away i i stayed (laughs) and i uh my mom and i watched and several times we shushed each other oh you did oh yeah there were times where we're watching (laughs) some some of the news clips and she'd shush me i'd shush her we'd both shush the dogs and it's some you know my mom i'm amazed at the 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 stuff that she does know and, and remember because there were times she'd say, now the queen, as we're, as we're watching stuff, she always wore bright colors so she could be seen. Oh. And I thought my mom was just talking out of her, you know what? Mm-hmm. But then uh, eventually they, they did say, well, yes, the queen wore bright colors be- so that the photographers could get good pictures. She always made sure her hats were up and that her eyes were not covered um, that her lipstick was bright so the photographers could get their pictures. Wow. And I thought, oh, well, check, check, Mom. <laughs> For those of you that are new to the Life Happens Life Anyway podcast, Catherine's mom has Alzheimer's. And yeah. she's, she's you know, plugging away. Yeah. She lives with Catherine's sister. Mm-hmm. And her sister was on vacation, so Catherine was filling in as full-time caregiver. Right during that period of time right and then the queen passed during that time yeah it's bittersweet sitting there with my mom i i mean i feel a little bit emotional talking about it now because yeah. uh because i grew up going back and you know going there and then family from there coming our way and it's just a way of life and it's a it's actually a whole era and chapter closed for many people i think 70 years yeah that's all you know i feel like i can remember one of our family f- friends from england saying i don't think we'll ever see a king in my in my lifetime i remember uh and it's unusual the way in which she acquired the crown or accepted the crown or it was handed down to her yeah and she was so young Mm -hmm. and she lived long 21 i mean 96 years old was she 96 96 yeah so she lived a nice long life Mm mm-hmm and now it's King, what's she, his name? What? George? King George? And no. And he kept his name. Wait. No, no it's Charles. Charles. It's Charles. And he kept his name. You know, some what, of those what kings. What do you mean he kept his name? Some of them change it? Girl? When they become king? Yeah, like, oh. so King, yes. Uncle, so David became, wait, wait, David became Edward when he became king. But he wasn't even a king a year, I don't think. And then when he abdicated. And then. Why did he do that? I don't know why we they do that. We are down the English <laughs> rabbit trail. And now I want to know, why would somebody and change their name when they become the king? Bertie. Huh? Bertie, which was Elizabeth's dad, who was actually Albert. Oh, I get it. His name became King George, I think. Okay. When he became king. So when his brother abdicated, he had to become king. And even though his name was Albert... He became King George the Sixth, I think. 
I wonder if we have anyone from the UK that's listening to our words <laughs> at this moment. Like, that dumb American. <laughs> Jack. But I do know that they changed. In fact, it was in question whether or not Charles was going to do that. My head <laughs> is spinning. <laughs> well, I always wondered how come I can't retain their dang names when I was growing up. Because well, they change them. That's why. That's why. I know. Wow. All right. It's, it's almost like one's christening name, maybe. You know how okay. when people get christened, they have a christening name, christening name, don't they? I don't know. Well, we're in the middle of Whatever. it now. We're in the middle of it. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth is passed. And, and we're in the 10-day mourning period. When, when is the funeral? I don't think it's... When I read this morning, it wasn't set yet. Oh. I know they prefer to do a 10-day mourning, and then they, they've officially, or Charles did, made a bank holiday. Okay. They haven't had that. I guess it's very rare. Oh. But it will be. They call it a bank holiday? Yeah. All so the funeral will be on a business day and everybody will be off. When they say bank holiday, does that mean everybody's off? I'm assuming so. You would think. I uh, yeah. I'm surmising that. Hmm. Uh well either that or the day of her passing is gonna be a bank holiday forever. I don't know, but I do know that the funeral can't happen on a Saturday or a Sunday. You know what amazes me as a full-blooded American, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. is our infatuation with royals, the American public, and their, like, curiosity, I guess. Mm -hmm. Maybe it it vacillates between curiosity and, and infatuation. And we left them. We said, no. We don't want to be a part of your kingdom. I think the difference is that was our ancestors, and they lived it. And and the the monarchy and all that was way different then. You know, they ruled. They didn't have a prime minister and, you know, oh, a yeah, diplomatic right. approach to politics. Right. Well, they wanted freedom, Catherine. Right. And it's different now, you know. They don't have to. I would suppose you're right because the British people are not subjects necessarily. They're subjects in name, but... Even they have a lot of freedoms. Even in the Commonwealth, they have their own prime ministers and oh, things like that. Let's move on. <laughs> we are not supposed to be talking about this today. Guess how long it's been that we've been ten minutes. Yes, ten, yeah, almost. All right, <laughs> we're sorry if you're just joining us for the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. Just, welcome aboard. I just want to talk about the monarchy. We That's talk about everything talk about. English. That's all I want to talk about. <laughs> This is episode number 89, and the topic is not the monarchy. The topic is actually how to stop complaining. Oh, is that what we're talking about? That is what we're talking about today, how to stop complaining. Good. We're going to leave you with three or four takeaways, mm. okay? And we try to, we, tr- we try. We're doing our best. God. Right? <laughs> to try. We try to I want the give people you takeaways. to feel sorry for us. What? I do, because we try so hard. <sighs> I feel sorry for us. (laughs) Should we start this over? No. All right, fine. Let me get through the takeaways. Don't feel sorry for us, friends. Number one, why do humans complain? Catherine is going to bring us some information about that, why we complain as humans. That's takeaway number one. And then takeaway number two, why should we stop complaining? Mm, Seems obvious. But but it's there not are always. there are some things that w- I learned science in this research. Like you know you don't want to be a big dummy, so stop complaining. Mm-hmm. Okay, number three, 
How can we stop complaining? That is the million dollar question. It is. We're going to get to that. And then number four, usually we give you three takeaways. Today, there's a bonus takeaway. There's four. It's like part B of yeah. A, you know, A, mm-hmm. B. A, B. <laughs> Oops. A, B or number four. <laughs> How can we encourage others to stop complaining? It's a very big deal. It's a delicate situation. It is. And we have sponsors. Who are they, Catherine? Uh, Puffin. Who's that? Kenny and Ron. Mm-hmm. Muffin and Pooh. Our husbands. Yeah. Shout out to them. Yes. Thank you, guys. Uh, speaking I, of shout out. Yes. We're going to do a shout out for Mark oh, Carstens. Yes. Our friend and fellow church yes. goer. He said to me last Sunday, he's like, hey, he said, you guys just bring so much like joy he said something along the lines of his wife janine listening to us um makes her happy she really enjoys it and i felt good hearing that she feels good listening to us and mark tout sharing that with me this was like a warm fuzzy feeling plus encouragement so thank you mark thank you janine and there are neighbors Basically, yeah, they're, they're right down the street that way. Oh, and they're joining our small group this year. They are. They joined at the tail end of last year, and they're they're a stitch. Yes. Janine is hilarious. Her laugh is contagious. It is. And yes. Mark, Mark just goes along with a lot of things. He kind of reminds me of of my husband. Yeah, you know, like in terms of his personality. Uh huh. And he has a lot to say, but I feel I feel like he says he, he he's a man of few words in a way. Ah, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would we'll agree. see. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get to we'll know. We'll see. Right, right, right. right. But Janine, she was our kid's kindergarten teacher. She was. Yeah, Substitute. all those years ago. Yeah, she was a sub for a while. She was filling in for a maternity leave. Mrs. Monahan. That's right. You know, she's still teaching kindergarten. Mrs. Mrs. Monahan, Monahan at she Green is? Garden. Or wh- well, whatever Green they call Garden it. is no more, I but know, it's right I down know. the street by your house. She's a, she's still a kindergarten teacher. Well, good because we use a, lose a lot of the young ones. I know she I know. was young at the time. Well, she looks the same. Oh my gosh, it's twenty years later. I don't now. know. Yeah, so she's not young anymore. My kindergarten te- my kindergartner is getting married next month. Yes. Yeah, that's a big deal. Oh my gosh, it's the first one of my kids to get married. Mm-hmm. I feel oh, we could easily go down another rabbit hole. I but know. We won't. Wait, let's get to our topic. Jeez. <laughs> All right. What say you, Catherine? Why do why do human beings complain? Why? <laughs> Misery loves company. That's why. Duh. <laughs> let's just say that. I just pulled that out. I thought it was in your article. It's not. All I right. Just well, said what that. is? Well, what does the science say? Well, we complain as a way of relieving stress. Hmm. Um. You know, kids complain about things all the time. Adults complain maybe about their boss or whatever. And, you know, we're sometimes consumed with uh, disappointments, frustrations, and angst. And then when we, when we vent, as they say, we feel better. So that's one of the reasons. A way of relieving stress. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. It, it's one reason. Is there? Are there more? There are. <laughs> there are more. All right. What are they? <laughs> we complain because we can't solve the problem. So sometimes uh, we have we have situations that can't be solved, or at least we can't see a solution. So then we get anxious or or hurt. Sometimes we lack the skills to solve the problem. And sometimes we lack the courage to act on solving the problem. I would so you fall into complaining. Yeah. And I would say I can relate to that. 
personally mm-hmm. in terms of, okay, you don't know what to do. So you're just like, what should I do? So you're just like retelling it. Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Right. And now as you're saying that, I'm thinking about how, so we all have moments of like complaining like that, but, and I don't know if they're talking about in, in this case. So I'm getting this from psychology today. Hmm. I don't think that this is addressing a chronic complainer. Because I can, um, I can, (laughs) I might just edit out. I am laughing spontaneously for no reason. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) um, we complain because, (laughs) isn't it funny? When my laugh goes into that, like, <laughs> Huckleberry Hound sound. <laughs> yes. I can't help it. Oh, man. And so it's, you can barely hear it, but it goes there. Well, that's why it's so funny. <laughs> it's half suppressed. <laughs> oh, excuse you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you started. <laughs> We're, uh, <laughs> this is the opposite of complaining. I really like this. Okay, please, <laughs> please continue. <laughs> um, what was I even saying? I oh, don't know. I, I do know. It is the opposite of complaining. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we complain because we can't solve the problem. I said that already. Wait, start well, over. Uh, we complain. Yeah. Because we don't know what else to do. That's right. It's a default. It is a... Oh, I know what I was saying. Yeah. But I I think, though, that this is just talking about complaining in general. This is not really talking about the chronic complainer. But we will get to that. Forget them. That's not us. Right. (laughs) Forget them. Thank God. (laughs) I just want people... I complained earlier today. Mm. It was pretty bad. But, um, you know, but I, I, but here's the thing. I realized it and I, I knew I had to stop and I knew, and you knew I had to stop. And I, um, you know, I am trying to find solutions to this situation, this circumstance. Right. But so I kind of feel this way right now, like where it says that we can't solve the problem. Right. I'm just going to admit that right now that. That's how I felt in the moment earlier today when I when I was. And you can't solve the problem because you don't know what to do. Oh, um, you're not sure. Should you say something? Should you not say something? Should you do something? Should you not do something? Right. It's very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's hard to know what to do. I, ha- I actually have already done something and said something it didn't work that fell didn't on solve it deaf ears right. basically so that actually is a good segue we complain because it's part of a family or relationship culture okay okay so what that means is that sometimes we grow up in a family that the parents or whomever were the authority authoritative figure mm-hmm. in, in one's lifetime uh were also complainers and neg- negative. Right. Okay. So you're picking up on their cues of this is what we do mm-hmm. when things are going wrong. Mm-hmm. This is the way that we solve problems. Yeah. We complain about them. Right. Mm. And some people some people are only surrounded by it's, it's me and you 
you and me against the world. Yeah. Okay. And there's, there's, and that's kind of the culture that they live in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people complain because they are depressed. I think that we don't always realize when we're dealing with someone who is complaining a lot, you do kind of think when it's a lot, lot, like all the time, you do think to yourself, they must be really down. They must be really depressed. I think. Well, but what you just said in point one was we complain sometimes because it's a default mechanism in terms of what we've been taught Mm -hmm. is how we process problems. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have that. Then we also have a tendency to complain if we're depressed. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we're in an environment where someone else is complaining, we have no idea if it's their just their default mechanism of how they roll or are they going through a season of depression Right. None of that really matters in terms of why to us. I mean, it probably does to the individual. You mean to the listener? Right. Right. Well, and right. So this is telling us as either a listener or even if we fall under these categories, Mm -hmm. this could help give some insight, you know, like, oh, I guess I am depressed. I didn't really realize that. Yeah. And depression is almost like it reminds me of the frog who gets in the pot of water and then the heat just keeps getting turned up and the frog doesn't realize it Mm -hmm. and can't jump out then. Depression can start out in that way. Yeah. It starts out as stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. and it can many times um, turn into depression. Sometimes it's just temporary you know, but sometimes it could be much more dark than that. Yeah. And but I it would, saps us of our energy. I would say this about depression. If you who are listening to the to these words at this moment, in, including myself and Catherine and whoever hears these words, if you are struggling with any sort of depression, acknowledge it as soon as possible mm-hmm. and then seek help, whether mm-hmm. it be talk therapy, you know, with a counselor mm-hmm. Or, and some kind of chemical therapy with a prescription drug mm-hmm. medication, mm-hmm. seek help. For sure. And I'm Professional saying, help, not just like, you know. Well, I think not off the street corner. Yeah, no. That's not what we mean. Uh-uh. I'm saying this from experience. I mean, I, I'm on um, a prescription yeah. for, for depression. So, and I also had some therapy. I even had like <laughs> some zapping on my head and I thought, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> but I do believe it worked. So, yeah. And, and um, just one more thing about depression. Depression can lead to suicide. It can lead to something super serious. Yeah. The sooner you intervene yeah. with that disease, with that disorder, with that condition, however you want to describe it the better absolutely maybe we should put something in the show notes about, about ways that one can get help yeah i'm Besides, gonna make a note of that yes to put okay. something in there and as you're doing that mm-hmm. i'll go on to the next um bullet point uh another reason that we complain is because of it's kind of like secondary gains it's our primary way of getting attention like a child who is not as smart as his brother athletic as his sister whatever the case might be Um, wants to gain attention from the family or whatever the case might be and complaining can be a source of it's really negative attention it doesn't say that here but I know that it is and um, but to someone who's craving attention even negative attention is still attention 
It's still, yeah. I mean, that, it, it's that way, like in the classroom mm-hmm. with um, students who are like class class clowns or yes. troublemakers or whatever. They may not necessarily want to act out in a negative way, but they just need, they're just craving prob- somebody to notice them. It's the only, yeah, I think that sometimes it's the, uh, perhaps that they've done it and then they realize, oh, I got reprimanded or I got punished for that. Well, yeah. that's attention, you know, right. but then sometimes it could be in the form of support or sympathy, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the main reasons why we complain. But I would sum it up as to say, this is me, though, not on the thing. Uh, we love, misery loves company. And what do we do about it, segueing into our second <laughs> takeaway? Well, I do have some things about do's and don'ts. Um, should I read those? Well, let's go into why we should stop first. Oh, yeah. Why? Why should we stop complaining? And then well, let's don't forget do's and don'ts. Okay. Research. I'm just going to read this because it's really, really informative. Where'd you get it? It's called Talent Smart, and I okay. believe that this is a company that uh, Fortune 500 companies hire to um, get the best performance out of their employees. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're legit, and they get their information from you know psychologists, psychiatrists, and studies. You know. All right. So science. Mm-hmm. And so- what what say they? It says your brain loves efficiency and it doesn't like to work any harder than what it has to has to. So when you repeat a behavior such as complaining, your neurons branch out to each other to ease the flow of information. So it makes it much easier to repeat that behavior in the future. It's easy, um, in fact, that you you don't even realize you're doing it. You're creating pathways. It's almost like the Oregon Trail when they created (laughs) it with the wagon. That's what you should visualize right now. Yeah. If you want a visual or a metaphor Mm -hmm. to stick into your head about what complaining does, it's like a default yeah. For your brain. And it gets that wagon wheel into the rut. Right. Of the Oregon Trail. And it is hard to get out. <laughs> yeah. And it even says here, you can't blame your brain. Who'd want to build? So they, the metaphor they use is building a temporary bridge. Like who would want to do that every time you need to cross a, a, a river or whatever? And it makes a lot more sense to construct a permanent bridge. Right. Mm-hmm. So... The neurons in your brain, they grow closer together and the connections between them become more permanent. Scientists like to describe this process as neurons that fire together, wire together. I think that that. is really telling of how, you know, our brains are. Stop for a minute. Mm -hmm. When we were just talking about why we complain and we talked about, well, maybe your family of origin, that's just the way your parents rolled. Yeah. And your grandparents rolled. Right. It's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you're an adult. Mm-hmm. You're 20 plus yeah. 35 years. God. <laughs> Help us. How how do you undo that? There are ways. Yeah. We'll get well, to that. Okay. Yeah. But Sorry. here's, because I'm will i really going to go over, you know, why we should not complain. Because there's a lot more, it's really detrimental to your mental health and your physical health. Because repeated complaining rewires your brain, like we said, to make future complaining more likely. Yep. And over time, you find it easier to be negative than to be positive. Oh. Regardless of what's happening around you. So like, even if there's... Times are great. Uh, yeah. You're mm-hmm. still complaining about it. Yeah, because 
complaining becomes your your default behavior side note this is why i hate politics this is why Mm -hmm. when the news is on Mm -hmm. and it's a political channel which Mm -hmm. they all are now it Mm -hmm. seems like i can only take about five minutes of it yes i keep trying to say that to my husband who um hope you're listening yeah sponsor (laughs) he comes home and he he likes to tell me what's the latest on on the political front that's right and i take a deep breath because it gives me anxiety because he dwells Mm -hmm. on the real negative stuff yes (laughs) and today we sat down and i was kind of telling you how he and i were talking when ron showed up and then he's like ron's here (laughs) she just got up and left yeah (laughs) but but uh we were at the time we were discussing he was telling me that um he he wondered if i knew that some of the news channels were saying that they're glad that queen elizabeth died and that they hope she suffered what well i right i was like oh my god why would they even say that so he perceived it as i didn't believe him that that was said but that's not at all what i meant i was just in shock and then i proceeded to say where'd you hear that oh okay Okay, so then he tells me and i'm like oh my gosh it shouldn't even be repeated they should i mean that's such negative news like you know so we go on about this negativity and i'm like kenny that's infiltrating your brain it's constant negativity you know let's focus on something else yeah because after a while like and then i kind of told him so when he walked in to tell me that Mm -hmm. i was reading this about our brains and the way that the pattern develops of constant um you know uh negativity complaining yeah and i and i just happened to be reading that when he came in i was telling him you know okay side note but goes along with this. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. If we are constantly listening, right, to that drum beating, mm-hmm. whatever the drum is, no matter what political side that you associate with, mm-hmm. identify with, mm-hmm. vote for, I don't care. If you're constantly listening to it, you are going to be crazy. You are going to be, your brain is going to hurt. Well, it's kind of like the saying, you are what you eat. Yes. I think about you are what you consume. Think about, yes, you what are you what consume. You consume. Yes, thank you. So when Kenny comes home from work and he just vomits out, like, you know. All the stuff. All the stuff he's repeating. What he's consumed. That's exactly right. And doesn't it say in the Bible something about really what defiles you is what comes out, not necessarily what goes in. Says oh, garbage that in, garbage out. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and be careful, little minds, what you see and what you hear and yeah. what you think and what you say. All those things. Sorry. Side note. Mm-hmm. We have many side notes. Thank you to our sponsor, mm-hmm. Puffin. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Mm. Anyway. Go okay. Ahead. Well, I just, I do want to read all of this. Because, Please do. Yeah. So it says here. And here's the kicker. Complaining damages the other areas of your brain as well. So this is science. Mm. Research from Stanford University has shown that complaining shrinks the hippocampus. That's the area of the brain that's critical to problem solving and intelligent thought. Uh, and damage to the hippocamp, 
hippocampus is scary, especially when you consider that it's one of the primary brain areas destroyed by Alzheimer's. Hello. Who wants to have that? Not me. Thank you very much. Right. So you're literally becoming a big dummy. <laughs> yeah. You could say that. If you continue to listen to other people complain mm-hmm. and you complain yourself, you're shrinking your brain. Your brain is shrinking. Your hippocampus is shrinking. Essentially. This is science, No, of course, we're talking about chronic complaining. We're not talking about... I know we're talking about yeah. chronic complaining, but this is what I'm saying, is that the more that we absorb yes. these news channels... It becomes a habit. Mm. Yes. Complaining is also bad for your health. So not just mental health, but also your overall health. Uh, when you complain, your body releases the stress hormone... Cortisol. Hormone cortisol, right. <laughs> and cortisol shifts you into a fight or flight mode directing the oxygen the blood and energy away from everything but this but the systems that are essential to immediate survival and one effect of cortisol for example is to raise your blood pressure and blood sugar so that you'll be prepared to either escape or defend yourself so these things are getting and it makes you fat makes you fat (laughs) cortisol is proven to make you fat yes Cortisol. I didn't know that. It's the stress hormone that makes you crave sugar. And so it gives you your belly. Oh. Haven't you seen the commercials? <laughs> Come on, Catherine. Girl, no. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. It'll, bad cortisol. Bad. Bad. It'll give you a heart attack, stroke, diabetes. Oh, no. Oh, it does say that. <laughs> I told oh, you. Oh, my God. All the extra. Okay. All the extra cortisol released by frequent complaining impairs your immune system. And makes you more susceptible to high cholesterol, diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. You know why? It even makes the brain more vulnerable to strokes. You know why? Because it makes you reach for the sugar. Because when they're... Really? That's really it? Yes. Oh. According to Tracy. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's what I meant by doesn't really... Yes, because it's stress. And so then you reach for whatever it is that's going to alleviate stress. Pasta. Carbs. Oh my God, Alfredo. Alcohol. It it yeah. it makes you think. How can I stop this? How can I how can I alleviate this? Oh, it right. Mm, I guess so. It doesn't motivate you to go jogging, right? Or, well, you know, well, or do a triathlon. No, not yes. cortisol doesn't. Oh no, not cortisol. Well, that's what we're talking about. Stay with yes, me, Catherine. Yes. <laughs> I can't. You're all over the place. No, I'm not. I'm right here with cortisol. It's supposed to be <laughs> The complaining produces cortisol. Nobody likes cortisol. Oh, yes. Bad cortisol. And then I got it. when you get the cortisol thing going, uh-huh. you want to stop that. You want relief from that. Uh-huh. It's a stress. Yeah. And so then you turn to these things that are not good. Right. It all makes sense. Okay. Okay. It's not just, it's not just you, it says. Human beings are inherently social. Our brains naturally and unconsciously mimic the moods of those around us. Mm, yes. Particularly people we spend a great teal- deal of time with. Yes. You <laughs> know what? Pro- okay, wait, what? stop. Another side note. This is going to be a four hour podcast. <laughs> no, think about this. What? If you go up to a baby, right? A human baby, mm-hmm. and you, mm. you um, mimic something, like if you. 
if you make a really sad face and yeah. you just like yeah 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 and the baby does it yes yes or if you well, go the actually, other way you know what that's called Ooh, what mirroring yes i knew that i did my research you sure did <laughs> i did mirroring, mirroring. Hmm. The, uh, and were, okay yes and this these are things that are proven scientifically about the human brain yes and you can um you can prove them yourself by just taking in any baby any average baby yeah do a little test with the baby yeah it's called neuronal mirroring mirroring so the neurons mm-hmm. in one brain mm-hmm. are mirroring the neurons of the brains around them yes because they're looking for the pathway of least resistance Yes. They're looking for a way to go, what should we do? What should we do? That's what we should do. Yes. Bingo. All right. The flip <laughs> the yes. flip side. You look shocked that I would know that. Um maybe. <laughs> okay. Continue. The flip side, however, is complaining is a lot like smoking. You can, you know, get second hand smoke. Right. And you can suffer the ill effects of someone who's smoking. It's so if, negative. Yes. Mm-hmm. Complainers want people to join their pity party so they can feel better about themselves. That's true. That's why they say misery loves company. Yes. I mean, would you sit around next to someone who's smoking constantly and inhale like all their secondhand smoke? I used to be forced into it by my family because my parents both smoked mm-hmm. and my grandparents smoked. So smoke was everywhere back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't like it, but I had to endure it. But yes, okay, so that's the question, is if you're around people that complain, this happened to me today, Mm. okay? Was it with me? No. Oh. It was, (laughs) no, Catherine, it wasn't you. It was uh, earlier in the day, and I was at the gym. Oh. And I got into the hot tub. Oh, do tell. I got into the (laughs) hot tub after the gym. And somebody that I've never met. Oh, okay. And, and th- so they don't probably know about our podcast because right now only people that we've met <laughs> know well, about our soon podcast. Soon this person will probably have a card in her hand. Probably I'm sure. a plastic card. Here, do you hear about our podcast? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, she was starting to complain about the gym. Oh. About the mold. What mold? There, I've never seen any mold on the shower curtains. Oh, I've never seen. And I'm like. You know, I haven't seen it either. Observant. But she she got into the hot tub and I was having a great time in the hot tub. You so know? she came in. Right. And I was, you know, because I've got the hip problem. Yeah. <laughs> the. <laughs> it's funny when it's the. The. You well, know, I've got I, the arthritis. <laughs> Everybody that I know that is my age or older, I am 56 years old. Anybody that I know that's my age. Or older. And some younger, like uh-huh. you, Catherine. Yes. We have issues. Yeah. And we have to deal with those issues at the gym. We do. And it, by the way, the class today mm-hmm. was a phenomenal. Was it? Yes. Who taught it? The ballet lady. Oh. It was fantastic. Oh, was it? Yes. The stretching. Oh, very good. Great. Good. And the cardio. And ballerinas are very disciplined. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> when we got into the hot tub, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's in there for a different reason. One's in for her shoulder. The other one's got a knee replacement. I've got the hips. (laughs) So we're all in there together. And then here comes the new gal. The mold lady. Well, yes. She comes in and she starts right away talking about the mold. And (laughs) 
And I'm thinking about this podcast. Every party is a pooper. pooper. That's why we invited you, party pooper. <laughs> I'm sorry, lady, who yeah. talked about the mold. I'm sure I'm going to give you an, a, a podcast Don't give her card. one. Well, how am I going to know now? Because I give one to everybody. Well, can't you identify her? <laughs> no. Oh, probably not. Because here's what, here's what happened. She said... Because I was enjoying whatever, you uh, know, of course, you know how that socializing. Well, not only that, not only the social aspect of the hot tub, but the hot tub that our gym has mm-hmm. is like one of these therapeutic hot tubs. Mm-hmm. And those jets, I mean, you will oh, no. forget a million problems yes. because they just zap them uh, away. I don't know if I'll go in it at work. Huh? Kenny's almost done with our hot tub. Okay. But mm-hmm. your hot tub is not going to have the same. Probably not. Jet experience. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, you're going to go in the hot tub. Anyway, uh, I'm sitting in there and I'm getting the hips and the the hips are getting, you know, whatever they're getting. (laughs) And the other lady's getting her knee and the other lady's getting her shoulder. And then in comes the mold lady. Mm -hmm. And she starts talking about, I can't believe this gym has got all this mold. And right away, because I'm thinking about this episode that we're recording right now about complaining. Of course. Yes. And I'm done. And I don't want to hear it. Uh-huh. And I stand up and I say, well, I'm going to go check out that mold in those showers. <laughs> Did you really? Well, I had to. Oh, man. And I went in the shower because uh-huh. I was done. And I did look at the curtains. There's no mold. I have not. Like I said, I'm kind of picky. Observant. Well, I, I wouldn't. Well, when it comes to mold, yeah. Yeah. anyway i don't mean any harm to the mold lady but i'm just saying that complaining about stuff like that it does affect other people around you for sure okay let's move on because this podcast is gonna take forever (laughs) so what is the solution to complaining we've got some we got a few things but here according to this uh, particular website it says there's two things you can do when you feel the need to complain okay okay now we're going to get to the real core of how do you do this? Because it says one is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. And when, as soon as I read that, I'm like, well, how? How do you do that when you're yeah. super upset? Okay. When you feel like you're complaining, shift your attention to something that you're grateful for. And taking time to contemplate what you're grateful for isn't merely just the right thing to do. It's... It literally reduces stress hormone cortisol by 23%. 23% is a lot. Mm -hmm. So they found that research has shown that people who worked daily to cultivate an attitude of gratitude experienced improved mood and energy and substantially less anxiety due to lower cortisol levels just from that alone. Wow. 23% is a lot in the big you know, scheme of things. It is. We've talked about it before, but briefly tell our listeners about our top 10 list. Yeah, we have, uh, Tracy and I have a, um, we call it our grateful our list. We call it or our we'll nickname it our 10, our 10 because it's 10 things we're grateful for. And sometimes like when you're having a bad day, it's a, it's even more of a highlight because you know, even if you're struggling to write something down, it could be the the comfort of your sofa or your socks or the fact that your air conditioner turns on when it's supposed to. So we do that. We have this practice every day. And it literally, I believe, 100% has changed my life in the way that I think daily because 
of course I have very bad days. I had a big issue today. And how long and have we been doing that, Catherine? I think it's like 10 years or 11. It's more than that. It, it was 11? 2011, and this is 2022. 2022, so 11 years. 11 years. We've been doing that pretty much daily for 11 years. <laughs> it's funny because we started out at, well, and we still do, mostly in the evenings because that's when the day is complete. Right. But, you know, now I take this medicine because... <laughs> Restless leg. I got restless leg. You gotta gotta do your ten before the before the rest. I'm like I have got to get this in before the medicine starts to take effect. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Okay. But the the thing is, I mean, I guess the encouragement to our listeners would be: over the course of 11 years, I know that there have been really rough times, rough seasons oh. that we've both experienced. Yes. And in spite oh, of yeah. in spite of those difficulties, mm-hmm. we can still find something to be grateful for. Actually, the whole reason that that was born was because we were both Absolutely. In, a, in a period of difficulty. Anyway, the way I remember it is that uh, that I said to you something like, "Well, at least we have this it was something you know something small and I said well at least I have this and I'm grateful for that and then you said why don't we do that why don't we write what we're grateful for every day and then it just became a thing it was sort of spawned after the um David Letterman uh daily top 10 was it when he used to well, well I mean that's why we came up with 10 because as I recall, of course, now it's hard to remember because it's been so many years. Mm-hmm. But um, I said, why don't we come up with our top 10 things that we're grateful for? Because that was something that I remembered that David Letterman, the comedian, mm-hmm. did a top Late 10. Night. Yeah. He did a top 10 thing every day. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, because you are the one that said, let's do let's 10. List 10. And so I said, well, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't expect that it would be a lifetime no. thing. Mm-mm. We just thought we'll do it today. All right. And then we continued. I remember saying to you so many years ago, like, if this becomes a burden, you know, we don't have to do this. But I know that we both look forward to it. And, and it is an effort because you have to take effort. Oh, you do. You have to take effort mm-hmm. to stop for a moment mm-hmm. and contemplate and think about mm-hmm. what are you grateful for in your day oftentimes in our top 10 list and our gratitude list it's things like the sun was shining today yeah you know it was a beautiful weather day um, uh, our, our needs are met our husbands are safe it exactly it could be something really small like um the dishwasher worked yeah <laughs> you clean know. sheets is, is clean a fun sheets one is a fun one. cozy bed mm-hmm. comfortable home all these things right and then it could be something you know bigger and more yeah i guess you could say right home worthy but yeah. it doesn't matter it's a it's a practice and it's a game changer it definitely is. So we encourage that. Yeah. All right. Well, this says the second thing you could do, and only when you have something that is truly worth complaining about, is to engage in solution-oriented complaining. So think of it as complaining with a purpose. And when you do that, solution-oriented complaining, you should do the following. Have a clear purpose. So before complaining, know what your outco- know what outcome you're looking for. If you can't identify a purpose, there's a good chance you just want to complain for its own sake, and that's the kind of complaining you should nip in the bud. Okay, Again, stop. 
when it talk about an outcome, mm-hmm. know what outcome you're looking for. Mm-hmm. When I think about an outcome, mm-hmm. I think about what am I going to do? What am I going to say? Uh, what what's going to change as a result of this blah, blah, blah. Or how am I going to respond? Okay. And start with something positive. It may seem counterintuitive <laughs> to start a complaint with, with a compliment, but starting with a positive helps keep the other person from getting defensive. For example, like before launching into your complaint, maybe at a restaurant, poor customer service, you should say something like, I've been a customer for a very long time and I've always been thrilled with your service. Okay, so that's what that says. I'm just going to say, though, I think with people you're close to and family members, that's extremely annoying and off-putting to, to some people. I don't know. I, uh, I, that they call that something. They call it like some kind of a sandwich, positivity sandwich or mm-hmm. something. It's basically putting on the bookends positivity and putting your negative thing in the middle like an oreo cookie i think some people Mm -hmm. know that you're going to respond like that i think that they expect it if i'm talking if they know you and it annoys them and i think you have to be able to gauge that because Mm. a calm if they're fired up Mm-hmm. And then you're coming at them this very calm and annoyingly peaceful approach is annoying to the person who's worked up. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. okay. Wait, wait, wait. Typically in human communication, mm-hmm. energy is met with energy. I know it is. So if you come at me mm-hmm. with this uh, uh, mm-hmm. energy, mm-hmm. typically my energy is going to meet your energy. Mm-hmm. But the diffuse, mm-hmm. the diffuse yep. is to bring it down a notch. Uh, totally. It absolutely is. But there are, you have to be able to gauge when you know that the other person is actually going to be turned off by that. You can't control that. You can't, but you can't if you know that your calmness is Do going. Do it in a text. <laughs> <laughs> Just text them. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. <laughs> the next one, be specific. When you're okay. complaining, it's not a good time to dredge up every minor annoyance from the past 20 years. Just address the current situation and be as specific as possible. Instead of saying your employee is rude to me, specifically say what that employee did or whatever uh, that was rude. Specific so- communication is hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's hard for everybody. Husband and wife, hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be truly specific and honest about, you know, like what's, what annoys you. you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, especially if you're like passive aggressive. Or you know, normal. <laughs> or normal. Yeah. Because you I don't want to rock the boat. I think everybody has to have a degree in some kind of psychology Ugh. just to function. <laughs> And on a positive, if you end your complaint with, I'm never shopping here again, the person who's listening has no motivation to act on your complaint. In that case, you're just venting or complaining with no purpose other than to complain. Instead, restate your purpose as well as your hope that the desired result can be achieved. For example, I'd like to work this out so that we can keep our business relationship intact. 
Here's the problem with what you're saying. Where, where is this coming from? Girl, this is coming from psychiatrists. All right. With PhDs. Here's the problem. What? When you're talking... <laughs> When you're talking about customer service mm-hmm. and complaining to them, mm-hmm. it's a totally different ballgame than talking about complaining in general to like a, a friend or a spouse or family member that's or true. coworker. That's true. Totally but, di- two different apples and oranges. Well, that's why I said everybody has to be like a part psychiatrist yes. because you can use those tactics even with your personal relationships. Absolutely. And your close relationships with other people. You don't have to say, oh, I'd like to keep our um, our relationship going. And, you know, but you can, like the, the example of end with a positive note. No. Yes. No. Why real world. No? Let's go real world. Real world. Okay. Remember when I used to work for Southwest Airlines? And I was in customer okay, service. Okay, here's what I remember about remember you working them? with... Let me yeah. just say. Go ahead. With you working with Southwest Highway. Uh, Highway. Airlines. Airlines. And you have somebody coming up to you complaining about their bag being missing. They're very important bag to them. Yes. And you say, it'll pop up. Yes. Like, that is not going... In fact, that's one of your jokes. Right. Because you know how absurd that is. Right? Like, that's not going to make them feel Here's the better. Thing. Here's the thing. What I said, it'll pop up. That is the truth. It does pop up. It does pop up, but... They don't care. They don't care that it's going to pop up. Right. Because they're panicking. They are having a panic attack right now. True that. But your... But the customer service job is to... Is to... uh, I'm not the one complaining. They are the one complaining. We're talking right now about complaining and how to stop complaining. And, okay, so these yeah. experts, according to whatever this is <laughs> over here. She's got her hand over my computer. The experts are saying, put it in an Oreo sandwich. Put it in a positive, then a negative, then a positive. Right? Uh-huh. They're saying that. Uh-huh. I'm here to tell you, in real world, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. And the squeaky wheel gets the oil. That is the truth. Okay. So what are you getting at? So what I'm getting at is it really depends when it comes to real world. It depends on who the other person is and what their relationship to you is. That's what I was saying earlier. Ta-da! That's that's what I was saying earlier. You have to be able to gauge. Like that, I, I just said that. Like with the approach... Of of approaching someone like, well, now let's, you know, like a soft, positive, soft response. That really annoys people who yeah. are revved up. So you have to be able to gauge that. That's exactly what I was saying. Especially if the person who's revved up is your spouse or your sibling or your parent. Yes. You've been through the trenches with that person. Yes. Yes. Uh, life is hard. In, in fact, I have this whole other thing that says what not to do. What does it say? Well, okay. So you know how toxic it is when someone is really emotionally upset, right? Yeah. Exactly. They're stressed and they're just they're over it. Like they're like I've seen it in in the world, in my own world, mm-hmm. right? I've seen it where they're way over the top. The situation shouldn't be that rough, but there it is. Remember our jobs at uh, 
at the consignment store? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. And people would just lose their minds. You know, a little count. We, so we had this little counter and, and window where people came up to us. It was like the great Oz. We'll see you now. And we had to determine whether or not their goods, their merchandise was good enough to sell in the oh, store gosh. okay it was very subjective mm. so we had to sometimes turn things down oh, well re- that enraged people. rejection is a terrible thing yes yes and i literally felt like a psychiatrist sometimes or a bartender didn't you <laughs> i've never been a bartender but it felt like being one i would say that yes i felt like a psychiatrist in some cases and i did feel like there was no win. There well, was in no some way case, to win. In some cases, there weren't. Right. Because they felt victimized. All right. Then I think that we can apply that to what we're talking about right here. Mm-hmm. There are some times in certain scenarios mm-hmm. where there's no win. There's no win. No. So, exactly. So, when you know there's no win, like, uh, so... The advice here, what not to do, this is in psychology yes. today. Yes. First of all, you don't want to tell your partner or whomever to stop complaining. Oh, yeah. You mm. don't want them to say, you don't want to say, take a chill pill. Oh, I did that today. Sorry. What? I said, take a breath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Calm down. <laughs> I didn't say calm down, but no, I didn't. might as well have. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine and I went for a walk and she was starting to get all animated and I was just like, whoa, take a breath. Because <laughs> she was she was communicating in a way that then my I could feel my inner self. Well, that's why I asked you, is it bothering you? Yeah, and I said, well, kind of, because I could feel my heart racing as you were kind of going. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, it's hard to be human. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it <laughs> this I had this way before this uh, walk we had, but it does say that when they're in the moment, at the moment, you don't want to push them to to show them that they are losing perspective. Nine times out of ten, they probably know that, and this is true. And you don't want to say things like it's truly a first world problem. Let's say that that's yeah. what you're saying can't say that at that moment your your complaints or your whatever about that per, the other person complaining or upset is likely to just further fuel their own stresses and and make them feel judged and hurt and resulting in more irritation or negativity so don't so it says don't do that um be supportive in the moment how how do you be supportive well We'll get to that. That's actually addressed okay. as well. But it does also say be supportive in the moment because of your own stress. You know, you can you can say so. Follow your own advice too and find ways to chill. Don't offer the same advice over and over. So like if you're seeing a solution that that other person can't see and they're not taking that advice, then don't, uh, you could see that it's going nowhere. So just don't don't keep doing it because it just frustrates both of you yeah don't make a big deal out of it it says you want to be supportive and sympathetic when your child your partner or friend complains but don't turn it into a three-hour drama either like don't feed into it basically is what it's saying don't add 
fuel to the fire. You're making it worse. Yeah. But Whoops. it does say do listen. It's like first aid for the complaining person. It's very simple to just focus on listening, let the person vent, tell their story, resist the urge to give advice and solve the problem. It says once they've calmed down, your job for the moment is done. You know, just just listen. But it says do circle back to it, though. So at some other point, circle back and talk about that problem that your whatever person. So this is I think that this is just for people that you're close with. Because you're not going to circle back to it with a stranger. <laughs> hey, yeah. by the way, you, I saw you at the restaurant, <laughs> at the coffee shop, and your coffee was muck. <laughs> Remember the mold in the shower? Yeah, yeah, right. I think we're over that now. Yeah. Here's some bleach. <laughs> yeah. So there's a whole paragraph about that. But basically, it's just saying, you know, do go back to it and, and kind of talk about it. So in general, when people communicate, mm -hmm. we want to be heard. Yeah. And in order to be heard, the other person must listen and not just listen to hear, but listen to understand. Yeah. So we want, we, I guess, to be heard equals we want to be understood. For sure. You know, now that you're saying that mm -hmm. as I'm, and as I'm reading this, I'm thinking this is, this I think is addressing the occasional complaint I don't think that this, these do's and don'ts pertain necessarily to, well, I guess it could, to the constant complainer. I guess maybe it could, though, because you could, like it says, circle back to it at another mm -hmm. time. So you could do that. But then at the same time, the, all, the other advice is to, to not with the person that's constantly complaining. I got news for you. Hmm. I kind of think that in general... When people are around other people who give off that vibe of negativity, mm -hmm. it is kind of like a repellent because I, I can't stand it. Mm -hmm. I can't stand to be around the stuff too long. It's similar to the example that I just gave earlier about the news. I can't take it. Mm -hmm. So I just turn it off or Girl. walk away or put on my Jeez, headphones. That's like, no, I've been oof, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it also says, do talk about the larger the larger pattern of the complaining. So if this person has a steady complaining diet, mm -hmm, then they're wondering why they have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> why am I alone? Wait, that's our next topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you notice, they're constantly unhappy. Uh, your goal, if you want it to be, is to help them drill down and find out what might be driving that. And then, but then it says, do focus on the positive, you know, be proactive and trying to change the climate that you're in with that person and try to avoid you know, secondary kind of behavior and negative pattern. Don't fuel the the fire yeah like don't throw gas on the yeah flames but if you are the complainer oh boy and you want to stop so that's if the other person is complaining if you're a complainer who wants to stop and you realize it and you see that it's bringing you down it's bringing if you realize that it's bringing uh, other, other people, people down, down yeah are, especially those who are close to you then you drill into the source of your own state of affairs and okay hold on yeah speaking of that I read a blog post about that. 
like the source of complaining is rooted in bitterness. I want to say I can't disagree with that at all. And I want to agree with that 100%. Of course it is. You don't get warm and fuzzy feelings with major complaining. Right. So you're no. not you're not complaining out of a out of a root of contentment. No. You're not complaining out of a root of peace. No. You're not complaining out of a root of compassion. Right. You're complaining out of a root of bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. That's what oh, you're complaining. Yeah. Bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. And feeling victimized. So if you're listening mm. and that's the way you feel, mm-hmm. you've, you've got to face that. Yeah. You've got to admit that. That's deep. Mm. We just got all these solutions. <laughs> now wait, wait, now wait, now wait. When you think about those things, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. Um, oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you think about all those things, those are sins. Yeah. Right. Now, now who is responsible for those sins? Oh. Is it the person whom you are not forgiving or is it you it's you is it the person whom you have bitterness toward or is it you right. is it the person whom you resent or is it you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gotta face that yeah sorry yes so uh if you're feeling depressed you're feeling trapped i don't know if i said that earlier but that's another reason why people complain they feel trapped and they feel helpless they don't know what else to do mm-hmm Okay, wait, stop. Mm. Okay, so so you complain because you you're in this this um, season of angst or Mm -hmm. this um, emotional place, Mm -hmm. and you don't know what else to do, Mm -hmm. and so you have to spout it off somehow. Maybe it's also unjustified, so you're feeling like this isn't fair to me, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Perhaps the answer is in going to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the only human person who was also God, mm-hmm. who walked the earth, who lived a perfect life, who suffered, who suffered, who died on a cross, mm-hmm. a horrible death, flogged, unjust, mm-hmm. was criticized, mm-hmm. misunderstood. Do you know, I, when I became a Christian, I didn't understand fully what flogged meant. It's rough. Until I looked it up, I, th- I thought it was kind of a gentle, uh, uh, no, no, not gentle. I felt it was a um, softer way to say whatever, but I didn't realize it's how torture. brutal. It's a torture. Barbaric. Right. It was. Mm-hmm. It's like a beating. Major. Oh, barbaric. Okay. So Jesus, mm-hmm. who was fully man fully God. Mm-hmm. So he fully understands what it's like to be one of us, a human. But yet he fully also understands what it's like to be God. Mm-hmm. And he never sinned. He was completely sinless. Mm-hmm. So so let's look to him for and let's go deeper than whatever the hurt is that's creating the unforgiveness, the bitterness, the resentment. He was betrayed by his friends who he loved. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a in a position where you feel betrayed or you feel hurt by those who have wounded you. Your think, close inner circle. Yeah, think about that. Mm-hmm. Those were his closest friends. His brothers. Yes. Literally. Mm-hmm. He lived with them. Mm-hmm. He, he was their mentor. Right. They were his mentee. Yeah. Yeah. 
and he was betrayed with a kiss. Judas kissed him. Well, and, and a lot of us, you know, a lot of people know about Judas, and you think, well, he, you know, he was the ultimate betrayal, but his, but the others betrayed him as well. Peter, yeah, who loved true. him and denied him and denied him three times. Yeah, and the, the and Catherine and Tracy, we put Jesus on the cross because it was our sin, right, that put him up there, mm-hmm. and we have to acknowledge that. And when we get to that deep spiritual level of our biggest problem has been solved, and guess what? Mm. Jesus solved it on the cross. I think that it would behoove us as human beings to go to that place and look at, oh, okay, whatever we're going through now, this is a temporary situation. And if we have an eternal perspective, mm-hmm. is this going to matter in 10,000 years? Right. It absolutely will not. Right. It may seem like it yeah. at, at, at the moment, at this present decade, right? whatever, but in terms of on the scale of eternity, it doesn't. And I'm saying this from feeling it myself. From I mean, feeling, feeling, yeah, the definite frustration. Yeah. Of life. Yeah. We all feel that. Yeah. And and Philippians, I forget what the reference is, but it's in Philippians. If you read, there's only like four chapters in Philippians, mm-hmm. so it's nice and short. Mm-hmm. But if you go into Philippians, you'll read about the attitude of Christ mm-hmm. and how even though he was actually God, he his attitude, he took on the nature of a servant. Right. It's hard for us to wrap our brain around it. Exactly. We, we, know, we know this because we're Christians, but it's still hard to understand. How can he be fully human and fully God? I mean, right. I remember when I first was was becoming a Christian and I said when someone pointed out to me, it was actually a, a work friend, and she pointed out to me that... Um, that Jesus was tortured and he sacrificed himself. And I said to her, but he, if he was God, it probably didn't, probably didn't Bother. hurt that much. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't understand it. But that's that's the reality of it is that um, we, we are, we're not capable. But we just have to believe that. That's where the faith comes in. The other thing that really should be mentioned is humility. Because yeah. it was the humility yeah. of Jesus that allowed him to, as the scripture says in Philippians, he didn't even consider equality with God a notion to be grasped. That's true. But he made himself nothing, meaning he chose to make himself nothing. Right. He Becoming, chose. He came from his high. I feel woo! like I feel like preaching it. I had no idea we were yeah. going to go down this path. It's the gospel message. It is. He came. It's the good down news from his high. Yes, Majesty appointment. This is this is heavenly. Oh, this is absolutely eternal, heavenly. Right. A- absolutely. Yeah. The highest. Right. Of highest. He answered the call and. And he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Yeah. That's the truth. Wow. Amen. What else you got over there, Catherine, (laughs) with your psychology today? (laughs) You know, I told myself a long time ago, I'm not using anything from them. Oh, psychology? psychology today oh yeah they had some kind of article i did not agree with in my infinite wisdom that i have (laughs) it's like i'm not using them but here i am 
Yeah. We're just trying to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. We really are. All hey, right. Listen, if you're, I don't know if I said this, if you're mm-hmm. feeling depressed, trapped, not sure how to solve the problems, given up, um, not getting any positive feedback and support in your relationships, then seek some ther- seek some therapy. Therapy, yes. Yeah, and um, check into medication. I know we said that earlier. Talk therapy plus medication and or, plus or and or, wonderful. Yeah. Actually, I think that talk therapy um, should accompany medication. I don't think it should just be medication. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else Oof. over there? Are we done? <laughs> I'm tired. Jeez. I want to go to bed. I want to go. Let's see. Oh, this might be our longest how episode. Long have we been talking? <laughs> An hour and fifteen minutes. Oh, my back hurts. <laughs> I've been sitting here too long. Are we done? Can we go on to our to well, our? We got inspirational to our inspiration. Clothes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you said you were going to read the scripture today. Oh, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. There's two of them. Okay. Well, we have Philippians, which we just mentioned, two fourteen. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. And some versions say complaining. So arguing, complaining, same thing. And James 5, 9 says, Do not grumble against one another, brothers or sisters, or you will be judged. The judge, capital J, is standing at the door. Mm. Insightful. Very. And And what is our call to action? Well, we want to direct people to the show notes because you have yes. this wonderful processing tool, uh, tool, I tool method, and it was written by Claudia. Me. No, oh. I wrote this. I thought you said Claudia did. No. Okay, let me explain. My mother-in-law, Claudia, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. lives in Florida, we're in Chicago, she was a teacher yeah. forever for her whole career, and she used to use this tool for making decisions mm-hmm. to, and she taught it to her students and I remember her teaching it to me and my kids mm-hmm. and it was sort of like a, a processing tool yeah like if I go this way then I go that way it was kind of like a flow chart mm-hmm. okay well I used that thought process to create this oh okay. so this is all me Catherine Ooh. I created this clip clip yes Let's thank see. you <laughs> Give credit where credit is due. I shall. It's called 20 Questions to Eliminate Complaining. And I'm going to put this in the show notes. Okay. And basically what you do is just answer these questions. So the first question is, what is the complaint? Like, what is it? Write it down. Okay. Who's involved? Who are the characters? Name all of the people that are involved in this complaining thing. And then on a scale of one to 10, one being I've never seen them before and 10 being I live with them, how important is this relationship? So then you give it a number. Mm-hmm. And basically it goes down through like, 20 be questions. Honest with that too. Yeah. Like if you're mad and you say that this person is, uh, you know, one, well, one being the lowest, then that's not really the truth. Stop and really think about that. Yeah. And I got to say that this uh, 20 questions I came up with it this morning so I didn't do any real like deep dive thinking about it I just thought like what would help if you're in the middle of a problem 
that you are complaining to other people about? Mm -hmm. What would help you process some information that could potentially help you to stop complaining about it? Well, I read it. Yeah. And it, to me, it does seem like you had spent some time on it. The questions are good. And I think it's insightful. And I think it leads to a good look at oneself and also a way to solve it. I only say that because I'm not a psychologist. I'm not psychology today. I'm just a person mm-hmm. who's trying to put one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. survive. But I mm-hmm. will put this in our show notes so that people can go and check it out. And perhaps you're going through something that you're complaining to other people about. If you go through these questions, it might help. It might not. But what do you got to lose? Yeah. Huh? Zero yeah. things. So right. try it. That's our call to action. All right. Next up. Oh. Our next episode is episode number 90. Yeah. We're going to be talking about facing being alone. Oh, my goodness. I know. Mm-hmm. A heavy topic. Yeah. Well, this one was too. It was, but we got through it (laughs) four hours later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you're still listening, it's a bit of a miracle. (laughs) And and you've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.